0: Hey everybody! Welcome into the Haven podcast. You could be listening to anything else in the world right now, but you are listening to me, and I appreciate that. Welcome into this week's TV and movie focused episode. I always go back and forth to TV and movies. Should just probably pick one and stick to it, and just get it in there. But you kind of get the idea where we go over the latest and greatest things happening in the world of TV and film. Just did it again, but hey, it happens. On this week's episode, we got a quite a quite a few goodies to get to that i'm very very um, actually excited to talk about so on the docket for today i just want to go over my uh, thoughts and feels in regards to two of the trailers we got this week um one being the season three trailer for stranger things as well as once upon a time in hollywood from the amazing quentin tarantino so a little bit to get to in that regard as well. Some stuff I wanna I wanna go over as well, and then I will also give you guys my review for a little documentary, documentary, documentary film that I saw recently on the HBOs called Inventor, Out for Blood, Silicon Valley. So fucking good. Ah, spoilers. It's amazing. So I can't wait to give you my official review for that later on in the episode and go over all that and just get excited and you know just blow a load over it because that's what's got to go down with that stuff Um, and then in addition to that as well just want to kind of take a look at some of the the films kind of coming out actually I mean we can jump into that now I mean I mean take a step back here real quick I I get so excited I start word vomiting more so than usual but this is kind of like it feels like the start of the crazy like spring summer movie Uh, just I don't know Vomit that we get from the industry, where there's just so much good stuff coming out. So, for example, this week, which I unfortunately did not get a chance to go see it, and I'm kicking myself for not, um, Us, the latest movie from Jordan Peele, the sequel to Get Out. Well, not sequel, but you know, his next like horror tale that he's telling. Um, Us is out in theaters this past weekend. The reviews are insane. I think it was like 94% on Rotten Tomato. Last night. I checked, uh, at like late afternoon yesterday um the numbers came out this thing did 70.3 million dollars opening weekend that is amazing not only for like a suspenseful like horror type of movie but an original idea um usually that stuff doesn't happen i think number 1 all time right now for like the horror genre if i remember correctly is actually uh it the remake they did and then the second one i believe was um oh the latest halloween remake they did so it's we've talked about on the podcast before i'm sure i've mentioned it this kind of revitalization of the horror suspense genre that's not related specifically to saw and all these like corny ass teenage movies where no one can fucking act has thankfully died down quite a bit and and we're not seeing like the paranormal activity of two hours of what they think is suspense is a shaky cam and someone yelling at the screen or turning to it like what was that over there let's go like an episode of fucking ghost hunters like it's getting good like because it was great halloween i had my issues with it but i was like hey it's a really solid remake that they did and i've been just enthralled with us since i saw the first trailer And it kind of sneaks up on you, like these releases, because I believe next weekend we have the release of DC Shazam, which I've been on this podcast, I think without a doubt, very weary of everything DC does, let alone this movie. The ratings coming in so far look really good. So I will love to eat crow on the podcast and say I was wrong. This movie's awesome. I hope that's the case. I'm planning to go see it. And then in addition to that, another one of those like remake movies. That so far people are seem to really really dig his Pet Cemetery. I believe that comes out next weekend officially as well, and then from there we got the big blockbusters. If that's what you want to call them, with Avengers Endgame, followed by uh, Spider Man Far From Home, and I'm sure there's other stuff coming out too that is going to be great. Um, Cause yeah, I feel like it's been a while since we had like a really consistent summer of films where you just want to go to the theater pretty much. It feels like every weekend and see something. Um, I love that. It just reminds me of being a kid where it just seemed like there were so many great movies out there and just so much good stuff you want to go see. But um, yeah, just looking forward to it and everything like that. I got to talk to the wife and see when I'm going to go see us. I know she really wanted to go see it. um, So we got to kind of make time for that because I it's definitely on my list, definitely on my list if it's what I think it's going to be. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump into some of the some of the core stuff on this week's episode let's uh let's start with one of my favorite filmmakers of all time as y'all know i have an affinity for uh david fincher i think he's incredible but one of my other guys that i absolutely adore is quentin tarantino he writes dialogue he can create a scene on paper like i've never seen before it actually actually i should say it reminds me a lot of his dialogue scenes they give me, and I think that's why I like it, this nostalgia feeling of The Godfather, which Godfather 1 and 2 are hands down my favorite films of all time. He just he just is so good at what he does. Even in some of his considered weaker films, I just there's something about his filmmaking I really adore. It just takes you places. It shows you things that you normally don't see on screen, and it kind of fucks with you a little bit, but on a different level. Not fucks with you with gore, necessarily. He does have that, but... I just, the way he writes some, his scenes and his scripts are just, oh, they're so good. And I expect nothing but the best from him with all of his movies. So with that said, his ninth film is coming out this July. So bam, there you go. Another movie that's on my, I can't wait to see list. Um, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Margot Robbie's also going to be in it. And the story is based around the Charles Manson murders. So the trailer in itself uh to kind of set it up, it's for those that haven't seen it, please do It's like not even a minute and a half, and so he's not gonna give too much away with it. But the idea is like it sets up with DiCaprio and Brad Pitt talking uh DiCaprio plays this actor and um Pitt is his stunt double, and they're pretty good buddies, I guess throughout so the trailer in itself doesn't really tell you too much about the movie. They show Margot Robbie just looking drop dead gorgeous and the kind of the it's just typical Tarantino the way he writes certain stuff and then i love i'm just so excited to see dicaprio and brad pitt on screen together and see how they do because i think they're two of the better actors in hollywood let alone dicaprio i i i don't give a fuck like i'll watch the beach with him um actually i probably won't because that's that's old dicaprio that's before he kind of figured out his formula a little bit um but i cannot wait to see those guys interact and using the tools and you know, the resources that this amazing director gives him. So the the trailer in itself does not tell you much about the film. They show you some long, dark haired guy who I assume is Charles Manson, but not much more than that. So I'm curious how they're going to use this story of two people, an actor and a stunt double, and what the hell it has to do with anything with Charles the Charles Manson murders and everything like that. But the trailer in itself is such a great watch. And there's one scene they show, which is, this, in essence, is amazing. It's t- vintage Tarantino, in my opinion. There's a scene in the trailer, it's like 10 seconds, where he casts somebody. I don't know who it is, if it's a known person, as Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee's having a conversation with Brad Pitt's character. And he says something in the vein, again, just ugh, beautiful A-plus work of Tarantino, where he sits there and says to Brad Pitt's character, "Um, my hands are registered lethal weapons, and If I kill you or if I got into a fight with you, I'd end up killing you and go into jail. And then Brad Pitt just turns to him and says, yeah, if you kill anybody, you go to jail. It's called manslaughter. (laughs) And it's just this fucking like, there's just something about the way he writes stuff. So that looks tremendous. It looks very good. I'm actually going to try. I'm sure they're going to have another trailer that comes out that elaborates more on the story. But I just love going to see Tarantino's films because he just doesn't. It's like Nolan you know it, it is like david finch where they don't vomit these these movies out you know they take their time with the script they craft it they hone it it's like these individuals that love their craft and want to perfect it and tell an amazing story so can't wait for that uh, moving on to another trailer that we had this week that i'm very also much looking forward to season three of netflix's stranger things uh this has been one of my favorite shows going the past two years they just it's just different but it's Familiar. I don't know how else to describe the show. It's it does tug on the nostalgia strings of you know people that love or enamored that grew up in the '80s or just love the idea of the '80s. And this is on full display in this trailer. And I will say the one kid. This is why I don't like child actors. I you've heard me say this before. I, I can't stand them. This is one of the main reasons. They show these kids and they're a little bit older, right? Some of them I can recognize, but the main kid of the group. What's his name? Ah, he's, like, been in every horror remake ever, and he does everything 80s. Um, him, and then ah, the little girl, the bald one, is it thirteen seven, whatever fucking number her she is. Um, they went through some growth spurts. They look fucking 40, dude. Like, they need to use some of that young de-aging technology they've used in movies, like... They use on Samuel Jackson and Captain Marvel and get these kids a little bit back to younger because it's breaking my immersion. I can't buy this. They look 40 hanging out with a bunch of people or a bunch of younger kids. What is going on here? Not a fan. Very, very alarmed for these children's safety. But and, and this is the other thing, too, that they've done in this trailer. And they've done this the past two or last season on Stranger Things, and some TV and movies do this. And I don't see a lot of it. I could be mistaken. Um, but I absolutely love when a film or a TV show, whether it's the actual watching of it or the trailer they put out, they the look and feel of said movie or show coincides perfectly with when they're releasing it. I don't know what it is. It's just something about it that I... It just gives me this extra feeling of being more immersed into the world. And that's something that... You know, clearly a uh, a writer or a director should not worry themselves with when making uh, any type of, you know, piece of art for our enjoyment. But I'm sitting here looking at season three. It drops on 4th of July on Netflix, right, of this year. And they have 4th of July baked into the show. They have it as summertime for these kids or on summer break. So it just adds more layer to it where it's like, okay, I feel like I'm more there and involved in the universe. And like I said, some shows do this. I mean, they did this last year stranger things where it premiered on Halloween and the show starts in Halloween and it, it's something so small and it, I never hold a show or a, a movie against for not doing this. But I don't know. It's just the little things they do where they think about it. And they're like, this is going to add to the feel of it. And I think it really, really does. Like, I can't stand watching a winter movie in the summer. It just throws me off. Um, doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I'm just saying I would prefer. But I get it. I understand. So both of those things look great. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well. Stranger Things Season 3 cannot wait. This is going to be a great year, I hope, for just everything that's coming to tv we got game of thrones coming out soon too the final season just lots of good just geek-tastic things you can just and there's something different for everybody as well. So just so many things you can just sink your teeth into, get excited about, talk about with friends and family, and really just geek out and, and go online and just have a field day with that stuff. But um, with that said, let's move on to our final portion. Sorry if today's episode is a little bit shorter, but, you know, I like to keep things focused. I don't I don't want like to try to put shit out there, believe it or not, that on the podcast that if I feel it's not warranted a, a, a spotlight, you know, no, no pun intended, then... You know, I try to keep it short and sweet depending on the what's going on that week. I really do. So with that said, here is a review slash recommendation for all of uh, you listeners out there. Um, got a chance to watch it. It's about two hours long. It's the latest uh, documentary coming out of HBO productions who fucking kill it. Like for those that have HBO, if you haven't already, cause I'm pretty sure I did this. I can't remember. That's how long it's been, but I'm pretty sure I watched this before I started doing this podcast. And if you haven't already, go and you have HBO, check out the Andre the Giant documentary they did. It's fucking fantastic. But this documentary is incredible. Um, also, go, uh, speaking of, I'm getting ahead of myself. So this documentary is called The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. It's directed by Alex Gibney. For those that don't know, he is the premier documentary uh, director out there in the industry. He is so amazing at what he does the way he crafts the story it, it's he makes it feel like a film but set I, I don't know he i'm still trying to find out and digest what his style is and how he does it all i know it's great but now i'm trying to reverse engineer because of just the way my brain works how he's able to do it because all his documentaries don't feel the same they're all different but there's little strands in it that feel familiar and he does have his own unique style to it Um, He does an amazing job with his stuff. So he's worked with HBO before and he did um, Going Clear, which was the documentary on our documentary on um, Scientology, also on HBO. And he's just done some amazing things out there. And he's really great. You you can't go wrong with watching all his stuff. He just has a way of not taking any topic. And I don't want to say making it bore or not making it boring. It's him. I don't know, just the way he presents everything, it just really grabs you and you can't take your eyes off the screen. So this doc, this film of his um, is about um, this gal and I guess this was a big thing i had no idea about until i saw the trailer for it and watched it and it came out this past week too about a little gal a little gal baby gal um named elizabeth holmes elizabeth holmes dropped out of stanford at 19 years old and she developed or create founded her own company in silicon valley called theranos um so this film of his covers that and it's a big fucking deal like this is holy shady shenanigans batman this is nuts what she was able to do at one point in the film in the very beginning or towards the beginning, they say how her company was worth $9 billion without ever making or presenting anything at all to sell to the public or any facts to people. And like her investors board or board of directors were like some of very, very prestige, powerful and influential people in this country. Um, And so basically her concept was her idea was We're going to take a little bit of blood from you, and we're going to put it in this giant, uh, basically, box we've created by scientists called the Edison. And with just a little bit of blood, we can go ahead and see if you have any diseases, any and all diseases known to man. We can discover new ones and prevent horrible and awful things happening to you, um, to your loved ones. And she had the best tagline. Now, the gal herself is freaking spooky as can be. Holy crap. She doesn't blink. She talks with, like this very like deep tone. She's like here at solo, here at th- Theranos, you'll never have to say bye to a loved one again. And it's like very, it's she's she looks like a robot. I think she's an Android to be honest with you. And again, she dropped out of Stanford at 19 to find this, to found this company and all her professors, when she had this idea of what she wanted to create, were like, you're fucking nuts. This ain't going to work. Like physically it's impossible. And she's like, ah, no, I'm good. I'm going to keep it going. So, um, yeah, she's very robotic, and she wears these freaking uh the black turtlenecks all the time. So she and in the doc and in the film, they do say like he brings up how she is largely inspired by Steve Jobs, and you can see that. And people were telling her this, like you know, you're the next big thing. Like you just have this swag, this confidence, this determination uh, behind your dry, non blinking eyes and deep voice that makes us want to invest in your company. Now that I say that out loud, she might be a serial killer. I have no idea. It does give off that impression a little bit. Um, but the one thing about this film, it's terrific. It's it, it takes you through everything. The one thing I liked that he did, and I think why it resonates with me so well, is he presents uh, views from all these people that she's interacted with. Not only that worked with her in the company and in the lab, but as well as journalists. People that have a a huge reputation in the industry. I mean, she was on the cover of all these like Forbes and Fortune magazines and all these huge tech companies with these huge headlines like, oh, she's the next big thing in Silicon Valley and she's going to change the world. And it was like that was already stamped and approved on her before she literally presented any evidence of credibility whatsoever that she was able to even accomplish 5% of what she was telling us she was able to like it's it's freaking batty but the one thing he does is throughout all this right he never I felt influences influenced me to come to a conclusion uh, definitively if she's a whack job a con artist a fraud or was she a person that truly believed in this and when the ship finally went down she went down with it to the very end when she's it's you've already hit the iceberg this thing is going under you're evacuating the ship kind of thing up until that point or up until the very end i should say did she still believe in the stream did she actually believe in it obviously we don't know because she's not featured in the film she refused to be on screen for it so we can't kind of read her mind unfortunately but you can kind of see other people around her that were involved with her and things she said and the way she said it, where you can kind of get a better idea. But up until the ship sank to the very bitter end, was she convinced like, no, this is all, all this negative publicity I'm getting from all this, that I'm being called a fraud is all bullshit. These people don't know what they're talking about. This works, we'll get it to work. Or from the very beginning, was she a con artist, Or did she change halfway through? Did she really believe in this? And then the writing was on the wall of, oh shit you know like this isn't gonna work but i'm too i'm too deep in i can't turn back now i mean we've invested so much money into this and walgreens is on board for a huge freaking deal and we're taking people's money and we're conducting tests on actual people in the public out of walgreens in arizona we can't turn back this is gonna be a you know game over for me so she's just like full steam ahead so I just loved how he presented all these different viewpoints of from people like I said around her that worked with her and leaves it up to you the audience to kind of decide with this information he gives you of where what category she falls into and it's just so entrancing and it's he speaks a little bit in the documentary or a documentary on the I always say documentary I don't know why I'm and then I Stutter and I go change to fix it, and I say it again, and we're just gonna roll with that i'm 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 Canadian now, I don't know, but she it's i know I'm sorry he the director he does a great job of not getting it's focused on her and her story and makes the outcome. I loved how he did not put too much spotlight on the overall idea of how healthcare in this country is so backwards and fucked up and corrupt. He mentions it and that's clearly why she did what she did. I mean, that's a big point. She told everyone that would listen to her, like why we're doing this, why we're all about this, because the healthcare system and the way it operates in this country, you know, failed me, failed my family and failed so many other people that have to say goodbye to their loved ones too early. So she had a great mission statement or a great idea going into it of like her taglines that she did. And there's just this powerful image they use throughout the film of her holding this tiny little vial of blood. And it's like, yes, we're going to use this little tiny vial of blood that we took as like a fingerprint, fingerprint poke, you know, from people, no needles, nothing like that anymore. Cause she was so scared of needles or something. And, we're going to change the world. And it's like, God, that's so admirable. That could be amazing. You can't do that, but it's great what you're doing. And it goes through the tech of like the box and the idea, how it was supposed to work. And it's just like, holy shit, is this possible? Probably not, but it's cool. We're thinking it this way. But she just got, but it kept, instead of keep telling people, you know, like, hey, uh, yeah, like we this is still kind of concept here you know we we have an idea we're trying to get it to work still she went full-fledged in and they just kept marching ahead as if they're accomplishing all these things and lying to people and it's just nuts so inventor out for blood in silicon valley uh exclusively on hbo if you have it definitely check it out cannot recommend it enough just terrific work by alex gimney yet again um so yeah, just a couple things for you to do. And I'm I'm going through right now. I'll probably have it... I should have it done by hopefully tomorrow. I got a new... Uh, speaking of those docu-series that Netflix... Or switching over to Netflix does. Um, the Murder of Madeline McCain. Started watching that. Holy crap, dude. So good. So good so far. I got another two episodes to go and I'm going to be done. And I'm definitely planning to give my review for that. And then um as well, I was... I'm mm, I'm still debating back and forth how to do this. I think next week I'm gonna give a review for Finding Neverland or Leaving Neverland, whatever the HBO Michael Jackson documentary. I, I could be getting in trouble for this and going down a slippery slope. So eh, what the fuck are you gonna do? Good or bad, you just gotta review it and see what happens. But um I watched that a couple weeks ago and that was something for me, you just personally speaking ah that thing fucked me up that was like uh a star is born for me on a different level fucking me up holy crap man that is something else um so yeah i think i'm just gonna say fuck it and you know tighten up the pants a little bit here and i'll I'll give my review for that next or this yeah next week's uh TV and movie focused episode. But with that said, guys, that's going to do it for me today. I hope you enjoyed um, listening to this episode as much as I did making it for you. If you like what you hear or even if you're Meh, about it, as always, uh, I have links in the description of this episode to help show you, tell you, etc. on how you can help uh, support this podcast, help it grow. Um, and of course, send your listener questions to thehavenpc at gmail.com. Or if you're on Mixer, which is a type of streaming service i do stream from time to time and do some uh what i call my game pass session series on there for those that are interested in video games and then of course you can find us on instagram just search the haven podcast and um, you can get in touch and interact with us there Um, and again those links are in the description so um, thank you again as always you guys hope you had a wonderful weekend and even better work week coming up here on tap and i will talk to you guys this upcoming friday take care